Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. So in Philippians chapter 3, this is a powerful statement of what Paul declares here in verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing. Now you'll notice the, 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 the phrase after that, one thing I do. The I do is italicized. And that means it was not in the original translation. It was added by English translators. And a lot of times the actual italicized words that are into the translation of what is the New Testament or Old Testament do help us better understand the verse. But in this verse, they kind of take away from the punch of what he was saying. He did more than one thing. So this wasn't the only thing he did. But the, the statement he's making about the things of his past what had obviously held him back in walking all that he desired to walk in with God, he says, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing. So in relationship to that aspect of what I want to see gone from my life, what do I do? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. Say forgetting, forgetting. and reaching forward. So you got to recognize this, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I'm going to give you four things tonight to do that. We'll give you four things tonight to do that. How can I forget what's behind, let it go, be free from it, disease, sickness, uh, aspect of a, of a habit I want to get rid of that I know I want to be free from, some type of a, you know, aspect of a wrong thinking. I don't care. Whatever it is that you know is not of God, you have the ability to do what? To walk free from it. Of anybody that had a past to get free from, it was Paul. This was the guy that was dragging Christians into towns to be killed and stoned. Think about that. And then God gave him a revelation of who he really was on the road to Damascus. And he was so overwhelmed that God would literally do that and therefore release his past. And he recognized of all the things in his life that he actually once had a, had a hold of or had a hold of him, he realized something. Guess what? I'm going to forget those things. I am going to release those things by doing what? Putting them behind and reaching forward. Say reaching forward. <clears throat> so for these four things to work, you got to do in relationship to these four steps I'm going to give you, you got to do exactly that. You got to forget and then you got to reach. You got to forget what's behind, reach forward to what's ahead. I'm going to give you four simple steps how to do that tonight. And then in communion, you're going to have the opportunity to release your faith to do so. Why communion? Because we're going to be reminded Jesus has already taken care of it. Whatever it is, he's already fulfilled through the body of, uh, body of Jesus and the blood shed. Can I get an amen on that? John chapter 8. Again, if you don't want to look at the verses, just write them down. I'm not going to give you a whole lot of verses here, but I'm just going to give you four things that you need to apply. So when you release your faith tonight, what you've got to recognize is these are the four things that you need to do to walk in liberty and freedom from what's behind of moving forward to what you know God wants for you that's ahead. So we begin with the most significant thing as it relates to that. How am I going to lay a hold of what's ahead if I don't know what I have to lay hold of? <clears throat> right? If I'm going to let go of something, then obviously I'm not just going to let go of something. I'm going to take hold of something else. 
If I'm going to let go of disease and sickness, I'm going to take hold of healing and health. If I'm going to let go of poverty and lack, I'm going to take, take hold of God's blessing and prosperity that he's promised in the word that I can hold on to and walk in. Can I get a better amen? So it's not just a letting go, it's a, it's a laying hold. So to lay hold, we got to know what are we laying hold of. Well, we got a lot of promises in this new covenant available to us, and we need to know these promises. So in John chapter 8, Jesus declared this in verse 31 and 32. He said to those Jews who believed in him, if you're born again, if you're born again, because even though they weren't yet born again, believed in him here, or believed him, I should say, who believed him, are those of the Jews that would get born again. They knew he was the Messiah. And they knew once he was dead and resurrected, they were going to have new life. So that's what this is referring to. So in this phrase, it says, and talking about Jesus, said to those Jews who believed him, who would that be today? Everybody that's born again. That's not just people who believe God exists. They believe God exists, but they believe far more than that. They knew this was the Messiah. This was the promised Christ that was going to come and deliver them from their sin nature and give them this very new life that was promised in the scriptures. So if you are a born-again child of God, you are one who has believed him. So he is talking to you right now. Say he's talking to me. Tell your neighbor he's talking to you as well. If you're born again, he's talking to you. What's he say? If. Say if. Now you should circle that word. Because in relationship to the aspect of something it tells us about what we're to do, I've taught you this. Every time the Bible refers to the phrase if and then relates to something we're to do, what follows? A promise does. A promise is attached. See, a lot of people just think in relationship to Christianity, well, you just get born again and you just walk in everything God has for you. No, you got to forget and lay hold. You got to forget and press forward. Can I get a better amen? And a way to say that is you got to exercise faith and that takes effort on your part. So he says here, if condition word, if you underline it, abide in my word. I know you know this, but he says, if you abide in my word, what are you? Tell me what you are. You're my disciples indeed. Verse 32, and if you are his disciples indeed, because you're abiding his word, verse 32 says, you shall know. What will you know? You shall know the truth. What is the truth? God's word is truth. John 17, 17. He said, you shall know the truth. And what will happen? You ready for this? And you will set yourself free. No, didn't say that. And your pastor will set you free. Nope, didn't say that. And some famous minister will set you free. So guess what your faith isn't in? Any of those things. Watch this. What's your faith in? The truth. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth will do what? Now to know the truth here means to know by experience or application. Walking out what the Bible actually tells you. When I find a promise in the word, it's meaningless. Don't misunderstand me. It means something. But it's meaningless if it's not what? Walked out by experience. Believed on. Acted upon. So I want to give you four things. If you want to forget something of 2023, and you don't have to wait to, uh, to the first of the year every year to do this. You can do it anytime you want to get rid of something. But you got an opportunity. Now it's have an opportunity. Number one, write this down. You got to lay hold of the truth. You got to lay hold of the truth. To abide here means to lay hold of. Abide means to lay hold of. So this is saying that you're going to lay hold of 
what the truth of God's Word says. How are you going to lay hold of what the truth of God's Word says? Well, in application of that Word as well, you're not going to do that if you're not what? If you're not living in the Word. Because the first thing you want to have, if you don't yet have it tonight, how many have brought something to get rid of? How many have been doing this since I talked to you? So if you're going to get rid of something, you got to know this. you got to know what does the truth say about that? What you want to get rid of, you're going to forget and put behind. What are you going to do with the truth? I'm going to press on and lay hold of that. So you got to know what to lay hold of. So this is why you got to do what? You got to be able to be a believer who truly does what? Who truly takes the time to lay hold of the truth that God wants me to walk into. If you don't have verses yet for what you're believing for, when you leave here tonight, get some. Because what I'm going to walk you through in the next three steps, you're going to have to have truth to actually accomplish these next three steps. If you don't have the truth, you're not going to be, you're not going to be able to walk out the next three I'm going to give you. So I got to have something to lay hold on, lay hold of. Amen? Forget what's behind. Reach forward. Reach forward. Do what? Lay hold. Reach forward to lay hold of what's ahead. What's ahead of you right now is what's not currently manifest in your life that you want manifest. Because it's the opposite of what you're getting rid of. Whatever you're wanting to get rid of is going behind you. And I'm going to show you in a minute now how you, how you forget that, what's behind. And then you're doing what again? You're reaching forward to what's ahead. So what's the first thing you got to do? You got to lay hold of the truth. So you got to know and have available to you scripture of what you're believing God for to lay hold of the truth. Now once you find that truth, once you find whatever you're looking for is a promise from God, go, <clears throat> go to Mark 11. Mark chapter 11, once you have an understanding of laying hold of that truth and you have a promise from God, the next step is you now must do what? You must activate your faith in that promise. Amen. You, you got to activate it, turn your faith loose, however you want to say it. You got to release faith. Faith's already in you. Yes. Quit worrying about trying to have enough faith to do what you believe God for. Well, I just don't know if I have enough faith. Let me help you. When the Bible said if you had faith as a mustard seed, I'm going to teach you this again and again and again. The Bible teaches you this. When the Bible says you have faith as a mustard seed, it's not talking about the size you have. It's not what it's talking about. What is it talking about? Jesus then defines in another parable the mustard seed. He tells you exactly what it's talking about. He said the kingdom's like a mustard seed. And it is so small when planted, but when planted and allowed to grow, it becomes bigger than all the rest of the trees. Amen. You listening? Amen. So when Jesus referred to faith as a mustard seed, that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about just having this little tiny pebble-sized piece of faith. Because I'm telling you what, you already got that. If God gave you a measure, he certainly didn't give you less than that. <laughs> Correct? But you know what you want to do? Actively keep developing and growing your faith. Thus the reason abiding in the Word, laying hold of God's promise, because faith comes by hearing by the but don't sit here and think, well, I got to hear the word at least for, you know, six months or a year in this promise before I got enough faith. Don't even think that. What you want to do is just actively keep growing faith in all you can of your life in every area by doing what? Staying under the preached word. Amen. But in the midst of that, what do you need to do? You got to release the faith that you have. Amen. You got to release that faith that you have. Releasing faith is nothing more than saying, I trust God. Right. What are we saying tonight? I trust in God, my Savior, the one, the one, the one, the one who will never fail. I like this, the phrase, I sought the Lord, he heard, and I answered. I've known people say, well, I sought the Lord, and he, I, as far as I know, he heard, but he didn't answer. 
Well, I guarantee you what, either you're going to lie or God's going to lie. I'm going, with, I'm going with the fact you probably don't realize you may not be doing it intentionally, but God didn't lie. If you, according to his word, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, you ask anything according to his will, he heard you. And if he heard you, he said, you have it. So reality is either I did not ask according to his will or I did not release my faith when I asked. Mark 11, very familiar verse. Mark 11, you still with me? Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. Now this is petition. This is request. This is making a request known to God of what you're laying hold of. Whatever you ask when you pray, what do you got to do? Come on, I know you know it. What do you got to do? Tell me out loud, please. Everybody read it to me. The whole phrase. Believe that you receive them. And you what? Tell me out loud. Now that's an absolute. That's an absolute. So I always refer to this aspect of faith in relationship to what Dr. Summerall stated because he was a great man of faith. How far can you trust God tonight? How far can you trust him? How far can you trust him tomorrow? How far will you trust him the next day? Not everything you believe for turns around by the next 24 hours. Right? Sometimes it can happen immediately. Sometimes it may take a while. But I'll guarantee, depending on what you're dealing with. But I'll tell you what, number two, to release what's behind, to lay a hold of what's ahead. What's the first one I got to do? I got to lay hold of the truth. What's the second thing I got to do? Release my faith. I got to release my faith. If I don't release my faith, I could literally see God's promise, have a sense of a hold of it and knowing what it is, but until I release my faith for that promise, nothing changes. Nothing changes. I have to believe I receive when I pray. I have to believe I receive when I deal with anything in relationship to demonic works in my life that it goes. When Jesus spoke to demons, he, did, he had spoke, remember he spoke to one demon, young uh, demon-possessed boy, and the demon threw the, the boy on the ground, started walling, foaming at the mouth. Jesus didn't cast him out a second time. He knew when he spoke, guess what? He trusted in the authority of God's word, and therefore, guess what? That demon's going to leave. So what do you got to do to walk in the benefit of what God's got for you in 2024? Number two, you got to release your faith. Well, tonight you got an opportunity to do that. This is, what, why, this is why we talk about a point of contact. All right? Think about what the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Number one, if they're believers, same power of the Holy Spirit lives in them. Same healing powers in them. Now, if you're praying for a sinner, it, it doesn't. And that's why they need your hand on them. Because that Holy Spirit power is in you. And that Holy Spirit power can go in them. I've seen it happen before. Absolute sinners. Completely healed. Everybody Jesus healed, none of them had the Holy Spirit in them. They were all sinners. But when the Bible says you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, you got to realize this. When you exercise faith, what are you doing? You're, you're actually acting upon what God's Word says at a, point, at a point of contact. If I'm the one getting hands laid on me, guess what I need to do the moment those hands are laid on me? Believe I have received. Not I'm going to. Believe I have received. Believe you receive and you shall read it again. Come on. He said, if you ask for anything, anything, whatever you ask when you pray, if you believe you receive, guess what? You will have. You listening? Even the thems in that verse is italicized and they were added. If you read it without them, it says, if you believe you receive, then guess what? You will have. Say it. If I believe I receive. I will have. So if I release my faith, what is it actually looking like, Pastor, 
when I release my faith. The initial aspect of releasing your faith comes from you acknowledging in your heart, I already have this. I already believe it's so. What do you got to believe? He's able and he's willing. Right? Right? God's able not only to do it, he's willing. And Jesus has fulfilled what needs to be done to see it happen. So I believe I receive it at the moment that I do what? That I ask or release my faith for it. Tonight, when you're going to believe God to get something out of your life, and obviously then lay hold of what he has for you, what are you going to do? Believe you receive deliverance, liberty, freedom from whatever you want to get rid of, and you're going to believe you're going to lay hold of what God has for you in his promises of his word ahead. So if I believe I receive that I have it, what does that look like? Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10. Our future coffee shop at Christian Faith Fellowship. Hebrews chapter 10. Go there quickly. So one, I got to lay hold of the truth. If you don't have verses tonight, you're going to need to get some. Two, I got to release my faith. Point of contact. Tonight it's communion. The laying on of hands is nothing more than a point of contact for a person to release their faith. Anointing with all. Point of contact. There's no healing in the anointing all. Just a point of contact. The Bible said we can release our faith. Tonight when you take communion, it's a point of contact. To release your faith in what Jesus did. Can I get an amen? And once you have that point of contact, receive that communion to release your faith. What do you do next? Look at this. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, listen carefully, without wavering. What can I not do? Waver in this confession. You got to hold fast your confession of our hope without wavering for he, God, who promised is what? What, What's he faithful to do? What? I heard it. He's faithful to fulfill his promise. His promise has already been assured by Jesus' blood. It's already been done. In the eyes of God, it's already done. What do I got to do? No, he's faithful to fulfill that promise. If I'll do what? Hold fast. Hold fast. What's holding fast? It doesn't mean you hold on, it for, hold on to it for a day or two days or seven days or just a month. You never stop holding on to that confession. Now, here it says confession of hope. Hope in the relationship to what you know Bible hope is, is an expectation of what? Good to come. But in many other aspects of this translation and other verses, uh, excuse me, in other versions, it actually talks about holding fast to your faith because the actual term here is hold fast to your confidence. If I've released my faith, what have I done? Put my confidence in what God has said. If I've released my faith and by, by putting my confidence in what God has said, guess what I do now? I hold fast to my confession of confidence. What is my confession of confidence? I'm going to tell you right now before I even get to my next verse. It's declaring what God says is so as already so. Period. Doesn't matter what I look at. Doesn't matter what I see. What did God say about it? Every promise of God is yes. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and amen. Well, could I have that? Yes. What do you got to do? Give your amen. Meaning what? So be it for me. In Jesus' name. So if you release your faith, what does a faith confession sound like? It does not sound like I'm going to be. It does not sound like I'm believing. Well, I'm believing, Pastor. I'm believing for this to change. That is not a confession of faith. And that is not a release of faith. 
If I release faith, it's no different than example. I'll release faith, okay, for example, with Maverick. Maverick, come up here and give me your bottle of water because you love your pastor. And I know you just want to help your pastor. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. You can go sit down. Did you drink out of it yet? No. I'm good then. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. If I release my faith in a promise, which he didn't give me a promise. I knew he'd do it. And he said, Pastor, I'll get you whatever you want. So if I release my faith to receive that, guess what I act as if? I've already got it. What if I don't see it? Doesn't matter. Faces, I've already got it. Amen? So to release your faith is to act as if you already have it, which involves number three. You ready? Hold fast to your confession of faith. What's a confession of faith? What is a confession of faith? I'm going to show you. I might add another verse to this. Thank you, sir. Praise God. Go with me now to Romans 4. Romans 4. Told you I needed to go through a little handful of verses, but we're not going to look at a bunch of each one. Just real simple. Romans chapter 4. What is a confession of faith, Pastor? So let me add to that third point and that verse. Let me show you what a confession of faith is. First thing I'm going to do, lay hold of the truth. Amen. Before obviously laying hold of the truth tonight, what are we going to do? Release the past. You're going to let it go. And you're going to do what? You're going to now lay hold of the truth, find Scripture, what God's Word says. And as you find Scripture, you're going to release your faith. You've got to have a point, a point of contact. You don't keep releasing your faith over and over and over. If you believe you receive it the moment you pray, then guess what? As far as you're concerned, that's a done deal. I already have it. I'm not going to keep praying. I'm not going to keep asking, uh, you know, for that to happen because I believed I received when I prayed. So that brings us to point three. Once I believed I've received, what do I got to do? Hold fast to my confession. If I believed I've received and I'm holding fast to my confession, what does that sound like? Well, the Bible tells you. Romans 4, 17. Talking about God here in relationship to the promise of Abraham. God says, that as, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now that was said to Abraham before Isaac was ever born. God didn't say, I'm going to make you. You listening? I know you know the rest of this verse, but that's proving that God does exactly what the rest of this verse says. When God made a promise to Abraham, he said, I have made you a father of many nations. I'm not going to Abraham. I have at this moment entering in covenant with you. I have made you. When he entered into covenant with Abraham, when they had him split those animals and God walked through them, God gave him a promise. I've made you. I've made you a father of many nations. He didn't have a child yet. Sarah's still barren, unable in the natural to have kids. But God didn't look at any of that. God started declaring, I have made you. What are you, Abraham? Father of many nations. Father of many people. Father of a multitude. Notice this. God said, I've made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him, God, whom he, Abraham, believed, God who gives life to the dead, underline it, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. I'm just adding to the previous verse of Hebrews 10, 23. I got to hold fast to my confession of faith. What does that sound like, Pastor? What does a confession of faith sound like? You are declaring it already done. Body, you are already healed. You listening? Financial need, you are already met. My God has already supplied that need. I've already received it done in Jesus' name. I have the money. Yeah. You listening? Yeah. You got to start declaring yes, Lord. 
according to the word of God. The, you got to have the word for it. You got to start declaring according to the promise. Did God promise to supply all your need? Yes. If you got a need, can you believe for it? Yes. But if you keep believing over and over, you'll never see it happen. You find the word to lay hold of for that promise. You do what after that? Release your faith. Point of contact somewhere. You got to release your faith and you believe you do what? Receive when you pray. When you've done that, what do you do now? What do you do now? Hold fast my confession of faith. What's a confession of faith? The same thing you should have said when you believed you received. I believe I have received, Father, a well body. I believe I have received, Father, deliverance from that habit. I believe I have received, Father, freedom from this part of my past. Therefore, I'm now free in Jesus' name. Not going to be. Not going to be. God calls those things which don't yet exist in the natural as though they didn't. Faith doesn't call what is as though it's not. That's important. Faith doesn't look at what's there and say, oh, I don't really have you. Faith doesn't go look in the mirror and see something of of a deal you're believing for for healing and say, well, you're not really there. That's not faith. Faith looks and though it sees it, you know what faith says? You're already healed. You're already well. Amen. When Abraham looked at his wife, he didn't look at his wife and say, you're still barren, not able to have children. Nope. You know what he said? I'm Abraham. I'm a father of a multitude. We got babies. We got babies. Come on, somebody. So you got to understand this. To hold fast your confession of faith. Again, what does it sound like? Calling those things that are not yet manifested in the natural as if they already and guess what you got to do according to Hebrews 10.23? You got to hold fast to that confession without wavering. If you waver in your confession, it will affect your believing. If it affects your believing, guess what you'll start doing? You'll start declaring what you have instead of what God said is yours. You'll go back to talking the problem. You'll go back to confessing the problem instead of declaring the promise already done. Could I get any good amens from this church? So again, you have to call those things that are not as though they were. And the last one, and this is the toughie, man. This is the hard one. To be able to receive what God has for you. Romans chapter 4, a little further down. So he gives Abraham this promise. And in verse 19, it says that he was not weak in faith. Why? Listen, listen. He did not consider his own body period according to his natural body not able to be a father of a multitude but God said I trust in God come on my savior the one who will never fail if you trust him he never will I said if you trust him he never will It was right at 10 years after this till Abraham saw that promise fulfilled. But you know what Abraham did? He didn't waver. I said he didn't waver. Wow, 10 years is a long time to wait. Not when that boy is born, it ain't. But guess what Abraham believed before that 10 years was even up? I'm the father of a multitude. Come on, you know why he changed his name. Abram to Abraham. So every time he's confessing his new name of Abraham, what's Abraham doing every time he declares that name? He's holding fast to his confession of faith. And to do that, what do you got to do? Number four, you cannot consider what is seen in the natural. You cannot consider 
what is already seen or going on in the natural. Tonight, when you release whatever you're dealing with in the natural that you want to get rid of, once you release it, guess what you're not to do anymore? Consider that. This is so hard for Christians to do. They want to keep talking about it. They want to keep bringing it up. I mean, I've told you this, like even in relationship to healing. Let me give you an example. Don't get mad at me. I'm trying to help you learn about faith. I'm trying to help you learn how to walk by faith. Can I get any good amen? If Kathy and I, example, let's say, for example, let's say Kathy was battling in body, uh, and we're at home, and it's a church day, and if Kathy wants me to agree with her, lay hands on her, pray for her, and I pray for her, and I go to church, and I come home, and Kathy said, did you ask the church family to pray? No. no, no. Well, why not? No. See, this is, so, this is so caught up in religion, people don't even realize it. Well, what's wrong with asking the church family to pray? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you believe you received when you prayed? This is why faith doesn't work for a lot of people because they don't understand faith. We don't see Abraham going to all of his buddies and saying, listen, man, it's been five years. Could y'all get in prayer with me? Could y'all get your, could you get your faith going for me and get in praying for it? No, man, he didn't do that. He didn't go to anybody. He kept declaring what God said. Tell your neighbor, pay attention now. Why? Because you and I got to understand that if we believe we receive, guess what we don't consider anymore? Guess what we don't consider anymore? I said, guess what we don't consider anymore? So why in the world do people come to church and get prayer and then go on Facebook and ask everybody to pray for them? (laughs) You did not believe. You received. Are you listening? I want that bottle of water again, Maverick. Would you give me that bottle of water? Man, I want all of you on Facebook to please pray with me that Maverick will give me that bottle of water. Would you do that, please? Let's all of you agree that Maverick will be nice enough and sweet enough to his pastor because he'll love him to give him that bottle of water. Why would I say that if I've already got it? Well, I don't have it yet. In the eyes of God, you've already got it. Jesus already shed his blood and paid the price for it to be yours. It's not going to be. It's already yours. You got to see it like you're holding on to it already. And you can't consider what's not there in the natural. Because if you consider what's not there in the natural, how do you know you're considering what's not there in the natural? You're asking everybody else to pray. Here's one, and I'm bad about it. I'm ba- I got to deal with myself, Wes. Just like you got to deal with yourself. Deal with yourself. One of Pastor Barclay's favorite sayings. Deal with yourself. So you too, Pastor. You too, Pastor. <laughs> if I pray for Kathy, guess what I should not be doing after I pray for Kathy? How you feeling? Guess what you just revealed? If you were in a prayer of agreement, guess what you just revealed? You're not in agreement. <clears throat> Don't shout me down as I'm preaching good. If you believed you received, why are you asking how they feel? I See, this goes right over people's heads. If you believed you received, why would I ever ask how they feel? If I believe that we've received what God promised, guess what I believe? She's already healed. Why would I need to ask how she feels? <clears throat> we don't go by how we feel. We go by what the Word of God says. And honestly, we don't even realize it, but many times when we do this as, as we've prayed for somebody, guess what we just did? We got out of agreement. Are you listening? Matthew 18, 19, another point of contact. 
There's many of them in the Bible. Here's another one. Where two or more shall agree. As touching anything they ask, it shall be done. Wait a minute. If you agree, if you agree as touching anything you ask, that it shall be done. Then the moment you agree, guess what you're considered? Guess what you can, it's done. I believe I receive when I pray. Even if I'm praying for somebody else. So guess what I don't do? I don't come back and say, how you feeling? You know what you could do to help them out? If you come home the next day, say, I thank God you're healed. I thank God you're well. I thank God you're strong. Isn't God good? Aren't you so glad that he healed your body? Come on, somebody. If you want to get out of the past of what's behind you, move towards the forward future of what God has ahead, you can't consider what you're letting go. You can't consider the things that are trying to get you focused on what you let go or what you're trying to get rid of. Any good amens on that? I mean, Brother Keith Moore did this with a guy that was a smoker in his church. He came to him and he said, Brother Keith, I really want to quit smoking, but man, I keep trying, I keep trying. I just, he said, here's your problem, son. You haven't released faith for it yet. Come on. He said, what? He said, you haven't released faith for it yet. Has God given you what's needed to, to, from the Holy Spirit for deliverance from this by the, Holy, by the power of the Holy Spirit? Is there anything that you can't get free from? No. Is there anything else Jesus needs to do to free you? No. Then what do you need to do? Uh, I don't know. Well, let me help you. You need to believe that it's already done. <clears throat> what do you mean? Right now, we're going to agree. You're going to believe you... Re- I know some are going to think this is crazy. You're going to believe you've received deliverance from tobacco and you're no longer uh, addicted to tobacco. Can you believe for that? Can you agree with that? You can say it's already done? Yeah. <clears throat> so he prayed with him. He got done. He said, well, I've tried this before, but then I keep smoking. He said, now, every time you light up a cigarette, you say, I'm delivered from you. I'm finished with you. I'm done with you. He came back in a couple weeks. He said, Pastor, you you ain't going to believe this, man. He said, no, I'm a believer. He said, I did what you said. He said, for the first couple days, I felt stupid. I felt like I was lying to God. I felt like I was saying something that wasn't true. But then I caught on. I got it. And any time I had a desire to smoke, I would either say it before I lit the cigarette or if I've already lit it out of habit, I'd say, no, I'm delivered from you. And I'd throw it down. And guess what? He said, I'm delivered. I have no desire anymore. It's gone. Why? He released faith. He did not consider the natural. Come on. He did not consider the natural, and he held on to his confession of faith. One, you got to do what? You got to lay hold of the truth. You got to lay hold of God's word, God's truth, that you're going to lay hold on to do what? To be able to claim and recognize it's already yours. Two, once you do that, what do you got to do? Once you find some truth of the word that you want to work in your life, you've got to release your faith. Point of contact. Get the slips ready for him, if you would, Joshua. You have to release your faith. Three, then you got to do what? Hold fast your confession of faith. How do you hold fast your confession of faith? Declaring. If you have truly released your faith, don't don't get all caught up with, well, how do I know if I've released my faith? I want you to say this. God, say it. I don't have time to go to the verses. Come on, say it. God gave me a measure of heaven's faith. Same faith. Come on, same faith that my God has. 2 Corinthians 4 tells you that. We've been given the same spirit of faith. Same spirit of faith. So what does the the spirit of faith do? It believes and it speaks. What does it do? It goes on to say there, verse 13, 2 Corinthians 4, it believes and it speaks. Down in verse 18, you know what it says? It says we don't look at, we don't look at, consider the things that are seen. 
Same thing like Romans 4. What does the spirit of faith not do? It does not consider the natural any longer. It considers what God said, period. And therefore, it doesn't what? Doesn't waver. Does not waver. You've already been given a spirit of faith. You've already been given the same spirit of faith as God. You've been given a measure of faith. Can I help you? I'm serious about this. Can I help you? Get every other stupid thought out of your mind tonight and say, I've already got faith. I'm going to release it. I'm going to release it. I'm going to let my faith go. And I'm going to believe what God said is already so. Because all you're doing is you're trusting in the God that gave you the very life that you have. You're trusting in the God who gave you the salvation you have. If you could release your faith for the miracle of salvation to change your spirit, how could you not release your faith now that you're born again for the promise he gave you? Quit getting all hung up on faith. I love something that uh, E.W. Kenyon used to say. E.W. Kenyon, no, I'm sorry, uh, F.F. Bosworth. He He used to teach people, quit getting focused on how much faith you have or don't have. Start releasing what you got. Just release what you got. Trust what God said. Make your confession. Act as if it's so and watch it work for you. Just watch it work for you. My challenge tonight, do so. Watch it work for you. Lay hold of God's truth. That's what your faith is based on. Right? Lay hold of God's faith. Number two, release it. Lay, excuse me, lay hold, of tr- lay hold of the truth. Two, release your faith in that truth. Three, hold fast your confession. Don't waver. How do you do that? Keep saying what obviously the Bible says God does. Call those things that are not as though they were. Can I get a better amen? And then number four, what do you do? Don't consider from that moment on. I said from that moment on. Don't consider the natural. Only consider what God's word says. I said only consider what God's word says. 1 Corinthians 11, as we receive communion today, tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, Help me out, Joshua, with the the slips of paper. Uh, If you don't have paper with you tonight, they're going to hand you some. I want you to write down one or two things that you want to get rid of in 2023. If you've already been preparing for this, you should already have something that you know that you want to get rid of. Write it down. Fold that paper up. Don't put your name on it. Don't need to put your name on it. They're not going to bring these to me after the service so I can read what everybody's believing to get rid of. It's between you and God. Tell your neighbor, don't look at my paper. Just leave me alone. Tell your neighbor, you just look at your own. You just take care of yourself there. This is a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to write down one to two things that you want to get rid of that you're going to release your faith on tonight. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that. In a moment, I'm going to have the ushers bring communion elements up here. And when you come to get your elements like we normally do, there's going to be a trash can. You're going to drop that paper in that trash can. That's why I told you fold it up. You're going to drop that in that trash can. When you drop that in that trash can, guess what you're doing? Philippians 3, 13. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting you. I'm forgetting you. You're behind now. I'm forgetting you. And when I receive communion tonight, I am going to press forward and lay hold of what Jesus has already done for me. But you got to do it. You got to have an act of faith. This piece of paper and to drop it in a trash can and receive communion is just a point of contact. This is nothing spooky, weird, crazy. It's just a point of contact. It's just a way to release your faith of, of something you want to get rid of. I've done this on my own before. Nothing, no, no major service, no special service. I've had times before that I've written down stuff on a piece of paper in my office. I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm done with you. And I stick it in my shredder. And shred that baby. So I'm just telling you folks, 
You have the privilege and opportunity tonight to get rid of whatever you're believing for. Now, here's the key. When you drop that in the trash can and you receive communion tonight, what are you going to do when you receive communion? Let's see if I helped you at all. What are you going to do when you receive communion? Release your faith. That's the point of contact. Because the scriptures I'm going to tell you about, what Jesus did, he already provided what you need. He did it by his body broken and his blood shed. Just like God made covenant with Abraham, guess what? Jesus made a covenant with you. And therefore, all the promises of God, again, are yes or an amen, which you can receive just simply by releasing your faith. So the communion elements tonight are going to be where you do what? You're going to release your faith. Once you release your faith, don't get, again, don't get, this is so strong in my heart. Don't question, do I have enough faith? Do I know how to do that? Whatever. Just like I can trust Merritt Maverick. I didn't even have, I didn't pre-rehearse that. Did I talk to you before service and tell you when I call you up, bring me that water? I didn't, did I? You didn't even know I was going to do that, did you? No. You know why? I trust him. Amen. You know why I knew he'd do it? I trust him. Yeah. I know Maverick. If I asked Maverick to come up here and do a cartwheel, he'd do his best to try to do a cartwheel. <laughs> How many of you want to see Maverick do a cartwheel? Yeah. <laughs> Notice your brothers are raising their hands really quick for that one. Now listen, guys. Listen. How far can you trust God? Don't get hung up on the releasing the faith part. In your heart and in your mind, when you receive those elements, you see Jesus on that cross. You see Jesus at that whipping post if you need healing. And you say, I can trust you, Lord. You went through this so that I wouldn't have to have this in my life. I've left it behind. I'm now laying hold of what's ahead, what you did for me, whatever promise, whatever thing I need that the blood of Jesus has already provided in my covenant with God, I lay hold of and I release my faith. How do you do it? It's mine now. I'll walk you through this. I just want you to know what's going to happen. It's mine now. And I'll explain that when you're to do that. But once you do that, what do you got to do from that moment on? Hold fast your confession of faith. And the, and the hard one, don't consider anything of the natural about that situation again. You ever, if you ever even think about it, what do you do? If you ever even think about it, what do you do? Call those things that be not as though they were. Counter it. When your body hurts or a pain rises, you know what you do? Nope, receive my healing in Jesus' name. Praise God, you're healed. Can I get a better amen? You immediately counter it by doing what? Holding fast to your confession without wavering. Without wavering. Can I get a better amen? We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.